Amen. I want to tell you one thing before we go on, and and uh, I really believe that God is going to do some some exciting things this year in your lives individually, in your families, and in this church corporately. But what Kathy just said, very important. Amen. Um. One thing that I want to remind you, I think it is February 18th. I believe that's a Sunday. If not, you'll have to correct me. We're going to come in and we're going to have worship. Then Kathy and the ladies will stay here and the men will go with me and we'll go upstairs um, next door. And uh, this year we're going to devote, and I, I was going to do it on Wednesday, and I did start on a Wednesday, and I'm real thankful we had men here that, you know, I was just real pleased that we're here. But in order for us to have an impact, we're going to have to do it on a Sunday. And so I'll be ministering to man. She'll be ministering to women. And uh, I believe God wants to do some things. And to be quite honest, it starts with the men. I got one week, a pathetic amen. I said, God wants to do some things, but it's got to start with the men. And we got to realize, man, that we're called to be leaders in our households, leaders in the workplace, leaders in the church. And if we're not fulfilling our responsibility and role as a leader and one who covers and protects his, his family, then we're failing miserably and we're going to, op going to open the door to the enemy to come steal, kill, and destroy. And so we're going to, you know... It, the, we're going to have a, some time together once a month on a Sunday. The, Kathy will be at the, with the women and I'll be with the men. And you need to come with listening ears, teachable hearts. <clears throat> some of you, I really believe the Spirit of God will show you and reveal to you some things in your life maybe that you have failed or you've neglected to do. And I believe if you'll make those adjustments and make those changes, it'll bless you. It'll bless your marriage. It'll bless your family. Amen? Amen. We're on a series, and we're talking about the importance of the local church. And uh, we're going to, we look at the early church when it started over 2,000 years ago, and they did some things right. And you know we don't we're not going to do everything that they they did. I mean they were, you know, in the infant stage in some areas, but they did some things right as far as prayer, fellowship, breaking bread, having communion. They were in one accord. They were in agreement. So there's some some things that we're going to look at. And, and we need to apply that to our lives and, and to this church. And as we get into this, I'm going to begin to share with you what God has put on my heart for Harvest Church. And, uh, you know, some things that are important. And what I just shared about the men and women, that's, that's priority. That's one of the goals and the, and the purposes for this year. So if we want to be blessed as a church... And we want to grow as a church, and you want your family to be blessed, then we're going to have to learn how to do it God's way. It's that simple. We said, made this statement. Dr. Mark Barclay said this. I believe he said this. He said, the ark of safety, 
Remember Noah's Ark? The Ark of Safety in the last days is the born-again church. We're no longer building the church, but we're rather filling it. We said the early church was devoted to, to teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. They were in one accord. We said in one accord means this, being unanimous, having mutual consent, having one mind and purpose, a harmony leading to action. We gave you the example in Acts chapter 1 and verse 12 and uh, through 14. Let me read 14. It says, these all continued with one accord. Say one accord. One accord in prayer and supplication with women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And one accord simply means being in agreement. One mind and one purpose. You know, one of the one of the most difficult things sometimes for a pastor of a church, and I've been here almost 30 years, probably more than that, is making sure we're in agreement. And it's my role, it's my responsibility to communicate to you the vision so you know what we're all about. You know, one of the, 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 the most exciting things, you know, we're doing at the first of the year is night shine. Do you notice how we get in one mind and one purpose around that? We focus our energy. We focus our finances. Everything we're doing is focused on night to shine so all of these young people will be blessed. That's a good example of being in one accord. But the thing is, we need to be like that all year. We can get all excited about night to shine, but when the preacher says we're going to pray on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, it's a, oh, prayer. <laughs> See? But we need to be in one accord about everything. Now, I'll, I'll communicate to you what we're to be in one accord about. And right now, we're in one accord about what? Night to shine. But then night to shine's going to be over, then we got to move on. Amen? The early churches, all of these with their minds in full agreement, devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer. We said one of the, the first things that the early church was in a, one accord with was prayer. In fact, Peter and John, they got arrested, they got thrown in jail. They prayed, and I know the church was playing it, praying. It says, and when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Spirit of God, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. So prayer is a priority. Now, I want to go on. I want you to see what else being in one accord is about. Everyone say this, say this with me. With one accord in one place. So the early church was in one accord. We've already established that. But they were in one place. And that's what I want to get across to you today is we are still the church. And we need to be in one accord and in one place. What's that mean? You need to be in one accord and then you need to assemble together with your family in one place. And it's called the church. The local church is so important, especially in these last days. And I believe, I believe we're going to receive more revelation from the Spirit of God how important the local church is. I've always told you I've done more funerals for people outside these four walls and this congregation than for the people in. Why did I have to do that? 
because they didn't have a church. They weren't part of a church. They didn't have a local body of, of brothers and sisters that could be there. I've done funerals for people that were, you know, had nobody. And isn't that sad? And I'm, I'm glad to do that because I believe we, we need to minister to people outside of the four walls of the church. And I've told you, if you don't have friends that are sinners, I don't respect you. That means you should have friends that are characters, in-laws and outlaws. Boy, it's real quiet in this Lutheran church today. I said you should have friends that you, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do everything they do, but how are we're supposed to let our light shine for the world to see, not hide it. You need to get, a, get, get to know people and make relationships and build relationships with people so that you can establish a trust factor and they'll begin to trust you and they'll see something in you and they're going to want that. And that is Christ. I believe this is going to be a year of evangelism. I really believe this is going to be a year of you letting your light shine. Where? At the workplace, at school, wherever you go every day. It's important. It's vital. The early church was in one accord. They were in agreement, one mind and purpose concerning prayer, but they were also in one accord in one place. Look at Acts chapter 2. We'll go through this quick here. Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in Acts 2, 1. They were all in accord in, they were all in accord in one place. Now look at Acts chapter 2, verse 46. It says, so continuing daily with one accord in the what? In the temple. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled, I know I don't give you time to turn. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled, what? Together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. This is in regards to Jesus himself. It says in verse 16, And so he came to Nazareth, and where he had been brought up, and as his custom was... He went into the what? Synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So the custom of Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, was to attend the Sabbath regularly. It was his custom, was it not? The Message Bible says, and he always did on the Sabbath, He what as he did always on the Sabbath, he went to the meeting place. Now look at Luke 24. Luke 24. I'm building a case here because I want you to see they were all in, in one accord 
in one place. And that place was the temple. Or in the early church, it could have been a, a home. Luke 24, look at verse, let's see, verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were what? What's the next word? Continually in the temple praising and blessing God. <clears throat> not sometimes, not every other week. Not once a month, but they were continually in the temple worshiping and praising God. You must think this is a commercial about the importance of attending church. It is, but it's scriptural. I'm going to say something, and you might, I'm going to get by in here while I say it. I'm going to bow down because I'm over here. So you can't hit me with. You need to be in church every week. <laughs> you need to be in church every week. Now, I realize some of you had jobs. Understand that. But if you, if you can't be in church every week, then you better get online and you better get the message. Otherwise, you're not going to be in agreement and in one accord. This isn't the year to miss church. Nobody's going to stay for dinner after this. That means more fish for me. You need to be in the church when the doors are open. It was the custom of Jesus. It was the custom of the early church. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Why do you need to be in church? Because for, for one thing, God wants us to be there to express our love and devotion to him corporately as a church body. There's a corporate anointing that will rest upon a corporate body that comes together. And it creates an atmosphere for the Spirit of God to move and to stir lives, to change lives, to heal people, restore relationships, do wonderful things. 1 Corinthians 14, you know the Scripture well. In verse 26, it says, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together... I need that Beatles song. Some of you don't even know the song. Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. You know what that scripture tells me? These people were coming together prepared and they had something to give the church body. They had, someone might have a psalm, some might have a, a, a teaching, a song, a tongue, an interpretation, a revelation. 
you know, Lily had something God impressed upon her heart, so she shared that. Let all things be done for what? Edification or a building up of the body. But see, that isn't going to happen unless you come together. You have to come together. Everyone say, come together. Look at Hebrews 10. Why do we need to come together? Verse 24 of Hebrews 10, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves Thank you. Together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. So when we come together as a church body, we need to learn how to encourage one another. Some people just come through the door on Sunday morning and all they want is to receive. And it can't be that way in the days ahead, church. You have to come through the door, and you have to be able to give something to somebody else. If you don't do that, and if you don't have that heart's attitude and that mindset, you're failing miserably in your relationship with God. You just can't come to church expecting to receive. You have to come to church first and foremost to give to your creator the love and the adoration and the praise that he deserves. And once you do that this way, it spreads out this way. You have to give. I'm so thankful, Jasmine, that you met Tim Tebow. And planted a seed in our hearts because of that interaction they had in California. Because what we're doing with this is we're learning how to what? Give. To give. To give. And we're giving to people that don't receive a lot sometimes. It's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. I, be, I really believe the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for a triumphant church that's doing its job. And what is that job? Coming together and reaching out to other people in one accord. Now, let's look at one more. Look at uh, Acts chapter 8. You can turn that heat down, please. That thing's going... It's too warm in here. Acts chapter 8. Look at verse 4. So they came together. In, they were in one accord concerning number one, what? Prayer. They were in one accord in one place. Say one place. Say Say prayer. Say one place, together in one place. Now let's find out one more. It says, therefore, those who were scattered went abroad everywhere, teach, preaching the word. And then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord, 
That's just been in my heart the last few weeks, one accord. And the multitudes with one accord, what? Gave heed. Our new King James says, heeded. The multitudes with one accord, heeded. Say, with one accord, heeded. The things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing miracles which he did, for unclean spirits cried with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. Well, I'll tell you what, you start having miracles like that, you're going to have joy. The early church was in one accord in agreement, one mind and purpose in regards to prayer. They came together in one place, and the third thing is, they heeded the word that was spoken. And that word in the Greek for heeded means this. It means to hold near or to draw near. It's the idea of giving one's full attention to what is being spoken and heard and drawing near to it, as near to it as possible. The people were fixated 100% on what the preacher was saying what the teacher was saying. That's what that word heated means. It means to just be totally fixated on the message. That is why when we come together many times in services, your worship leader gets discouraged because we're not totally fixated on worshiping God. That's why many times, you know, we can come together and, and the preacher can get up and he can leave and feel like he, somebody just beat him up. It's because we're not totally heeding the word that is being spoken. We're, we're distracted by, by other things, things that happen during the week, things that maybe occur on the way to church, texting. I don't, know, I don't know how many times I pull up to somebody stop sign. Men are women, and they're sitting there behind the wheel texting. And I, I can't, years ago I'd given them the universal sign, but I can't do that anymore because I'm a preacher. My flesh wants to do that, but I can't do that. I'm going to make a sign up, and it's going to say, you're an idiot. So when I pull right up, I'm just going to hold that sign up. You're an idiot. Am I preaching to idiots today? They were totally fixated. The people were listening with 100% attention. They were listening and they were focused, totally focused on the message in, with their heart and with their mind. Church, church wants miracles, wants to see signs and wonders. It isn't going to happen. We're doing this. I think technology is great. Some of it sucks. It's a waste your time. It's a distraction of what God wants to truly do in your life. You don't want to be. You're not even listening if that's your attitude. There's nothing wrong with texting. There's nothing wrong with phones. There's 
we, you know, we can use that. The body of Christ, the kingdom of God can use that to get the gospel out there. But when you're doing it all the time, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And, you know, it might be other things. We all have areas. She gets mad at me because I watch TV. So let's pull her right back to me. Listen, we're, we all have areas, don't we? Think about it. We all have areas that we need to make some adjustments and changes this year. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Heeding 100% of your attention, listening. When you come here on Sunday morning, you need to come here with a mindset, bless God, and it's an attitude. You need to have an attitude. I'm going to receive, even though Pastor Mike's boring today, I'm going to get something from God today. I'm not leaving till I receive what I need today. I need an answer to my prayers. I need direction for my life. It ain't going to happen on the way if you're walking in doing this. just isn't going to happen, folks. Are so distracted about your own needs and your own problems. I'll be eating in the sanctuary the rest of the week. Mark 4.24. Listen, you don't need to turn there. I'm almost done. And Jesus said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear, or let's say who heed the word of God. I found this in a, my Bible in margin. It said this. It says, Jesus appeals for spiritual perception. Those who receive and assimilate truth. In other words, heed the word, will have their capacity for understanding enlarged and their knowledge increased. Those who disbelieve or are indifferent will lose whatever ability for understanding they had and therefore will continue in ignorance. It's a good statement. So you and I need to get in one accord concerning prayer. What was the next one? You and I need to get in one accord what? In coming together. And then you and I need to come together and get in one accord and heed and really listen and receive the word that's being spoken. I hope you heard and received what she said today. Some of you, I'll be honest with you, went over your head. You didn't get it. And then you wonder why pastors have to review week after week after week after week after week after week after week because you don't get it. I'm going to do my best this year to see that you get it. And some of you aren't going to like it. Fair warning. You're not going to like it. 
But I'm telling you right now, you need to hear and heed what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in this hour. Amen. I don't want to continue in ignorance. Harvest Church in 2018. I had other stuff I was going to give, but we're going to, we're going to leave that for another time. What's funny? What's son say? Oh. We don't want to overdo it, do we, Abraham? We don't want to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, just to be honest with you, I look at preachers and other churches and Man, they, those preachers must really be light. But I determined 30 years ago, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. That's why we're not a church probably of 400 or 500. Because the people that come, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to heed it. And they're gone. The parable of the soils. 25% get it. I'm so thankful for 25% that gets it, that heeds it, that receives it, that walks in it, that cherishes the word of God. Father, today we thank you for the word that we've heard. And it's a strong word, Lord, but it's, it's your word. You expect your people to be in one accord and come together. And then to to really listen to the word that's being spoken. I pray today that these people here are not just hearers of your word, but they're doers of your word. They're not hypocrites. They're the real deal. They hear it, and they go out, and they practice it. So, Father, I thank you for people with hearts that are teachable hearts that are willing to make adjustments on a daily basis. Father, bless this body of believers today in this new week. Bless them spiritually. Bless them physically. Bless them financially. And Lord, create scenarios and opportunities for them to meet other people that need Christ. And I thank you, Lord, they're bold as a lion. 